welcome to Practicing Life, a podcast where I share my personal journey with you so that you can be the person you want to be. I'm Ashley Pitzer, the host of this podcast, fantasy writer, yoga instructor, personal trainer and fitness instructor, mom of two kids on the autism spectrum, and wife to a twin flame. Now, let's balance our mind, body, and spirit. Welcome, you beautiful souls. This is Ashley on Practicing Life Podcast, and I'm here today to talk about unconditional love. So that is a subject to tackle, and I'll do my best at it. So let's start off first by the definition, which, you know, for some odd reason, I really thought the definition would just be plop in the dictionary that I could just look it up and there it would be and it would answer all of my questions in regards to what the definition of love, unconditional love is, but it's not. So let's break it apart. Unconditional. So this is the definition in the dictionary, you know, that I Googled. It means not limited by conditions, absolute. Okay, so it means do not put conditions, unconditional. Then there is the word love, and love has a couple of meanings that pulled up dictionary-wise. First one, a profound, tender, passionate affection for another person. The second one is a feeling of warm personal attachment or deep affection. And the third one is a sexual passion or desire. So I really liked the fact that, you know, the definition included love being sexual passion. So there's three different ways of looking at the definition of love. So when we pair it together, well, let's pause. Let's before I go there, let's talk about the biblical sense, because I am talking about mind, body, and spirit. And, you know, for me, there's this overlay of, um, for lack of better words, I'm going to say that there's this this expansion going on in my life where I'm really questioning a lot of things. And so religion is part of my last, like, what, 18 years of my life, 20 years of my life. So um, I'm going to look at that definition and and we'll, you know, take it for what it means, right? So there's there's two two ways, actually, that the Bible looks at, at love. And I'm not here to teach biblical things to you. I'm just showing you this for reference. The one that I really didn't think too much of, but I guess that I intrinsically now have an issue with is the biblical definition of love, which is a sacrifice, a love that gives first and expects nothing in return. Now, I would totally agree. And again, this is all on my opinions and my preferences and the way I want to look at the world and the things I want to believe. And so you're you know, welcome to believe what you believe and not take any offense to this. Um, but um, so the sacrificial part and putting other people first is definitely something that I learned in religion, but I do want to talk about that. Let's go really quickly to the other um, the other Bible verse, so to speak, that 
people often hear that love is patient and kind, that love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love never ends. So I kind of abbreviated that um, biblical phase. So when I'm talking about unconditional love, I've given you a couple of definitions. And I'm going to give you my definition, which is just that I accept you as you are. That is the plain and simple definition. It doesn't matter if I'm talking about myself or I'm talking about another person. So I accept me as I am. I accept you as you are. And that's one of the reasons why when we look at that sacrificial definition of love, which isn't unconditional love, but love, you know, and them saying you put other people first, which I understand why they say that. I'm just going to talk to you about the fact that, you know, we first learn love because we were loved. So if you are from like a biblical background, you were taught that God first loved you. So you know, love right? So you would apply that same principle to your life. You first love yourself so that you can love others. And I'm not going to tell you what's right and wrong for you. You do what's best for you. But I will tell you that I believe that I must have love for myself if I can truly love others. If it's not within me, if I don't have it stored up in my piggy bank of my body and my emotions, how am I to give it to another person if I don't possess it for myself? How do I give it to somebody else? I don't. I imitate it. I, you know, try to give people what I think is love. If I don't have it for myself, I'm just attempting. And I'm, you know, like the quote you hear all so often, fake it until you make it, but you can't make it because it doesn't exist within you. Okay, so we're going to talk about this in another realm. So let's take away religion and whatnot. And I just want to break down that word again, unconditional. So that definition, again, is not limited by conditions. It's absolute. So when I think about that definition, I think of it as an action. Really, it's a non-action. It's saying that I'm not going to put any actions on you. I am unconditional. I'm not going to take action on you. So that's the way I kind of look at it. And then I look at love as more of a feeling. So it is an, an embodied feeling. I feel deep affection for you. And so what I am going to tell you from my perspective of what I've experienced in life is that we live in a society where we don't really practice unconditional love. And that's another reason why I call this podcast Practicing Life, because we're trying to create the life that we want and be the person we want to be. And that takes practice because we have been conditioned to be who we are to be. Like if you think about it, from the moment you woke up in life, you were conditioned to be somebody so, and I am practicing a life where I'm choosing who I want to be. And that's one of the reasons that this podcast is called Practicing Life. And so I'm going to apply it right here, practicing love. 
So our society definitely teaches love and it teaches love is a good thing. And I agree with that. Love is a really good thing. But what I really thought I was doing in my life before I really started diving into kind of spirituality and like a deep dive into spirituality and a um, kind of a self-reflective and you know, personal development and going through life coaches before I went into this whole dope realm of really getting to who I am and what I am. I really thought I was somebody who gave unconditional love. Like me as a yoga teacher, any of my students that are listening have probably heard me say when I'm telling a story about my personal life or talking to another person about what they're going through, I would say something like no judgment. You know, you are you and I accept you, right? And that's very unconditional to me. And so I really thought I was an unconditional loving person. But I've learned a lot more about myself and I can see now that I have areas to expand upon and grow. So I'm going to show share my experiences with you and maybe you will relate to this and maybe you won't. But um, when I used to talk about, we'll talk specifically to my husband about unconditional love, I used to get so upset because he was just proof to me of a society where we grew up being loved, but not unconditional. There's so much conditions to receive love. So like, let me give you a, for example, um, when I was first had children and you're, you're just starting to kind of apply the principles of your life to your kid's life, right? Like I noticed myself being like, oh, you know, you got an A, high five, that's super awesome, I'm so proud of you, right? So I'm giving that that child of mine a reward and I'm showing love because they got a, a reward. And then if they, they came home and they made a mistake or they did something wrong, you know, like uh, one of the times my 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 oldest kid brought in a plastic like water gun to school and got in big trouble. I mean, it's elementary school and she was very young. But anyway, the school's like, you can't bring anything that resembles a gun to school. And so she was in trouble and she was super, super upset. And I was kind of like, oh, well, you can't do that, honey. You know, and I just came through this, um, this whole expectations, which you should, you should teach your child ways of uh, being able to support themselves and grow up to be a responsible citizen. But, you know, the way that I approached it wasn't like unconditional love. It was like, no, you shouldn't do this. Like you made a mistake. Mistakes are wrong. Mistakes are bad, right? I mean, like, I don't remember exactly what I said, but the point of the being is that was the emotions that I was putting towards. That was like energetic emotions that I was putting towards my child, right? And which is, you know, something that I would like to try to do something different. So like an example of different would be my child last night, I have a special needs autistic child. And um, even though she's 12, she's probably mentally five. And, and there are a lot of things that the she doesn't necessarily learn the same way or the same pace as maybe those around her. And so she broke her glasses and literally had just broke her 
her primary glasses like five days ago. So these were her backup glasses and now they're broke. And so she came to me like, look, look what I did, right? And then like in some aspects, she's really proud of herself. And so, you know, knew me, knew Ashley practicing all these new behaviors was just like, oh, I saw what you did there. You broke your glasses. We're going to have to get them fixed. When you break your glasses, it means that you can't see because you can't wear your glasses. And that was it. I just acknowledged what she did and I acknowledged the fact that there was a natural consequence. I didn't go into this like, oh, what you did was so wrong. We can't do that. You're bad. Like I didn't go to that. Whereas like in in an earlier part of my life, I would have gone there. So anyway, that's just a, a short little story to help you kind of put things into practice. So when when I talk about society kind of teaches us to love but not have unconditional love, it just means the fact that all through our life from our childhood and if you're an adult now in your adulthood, you're going around and you're saying what you need in order to be loved. You're saying like, you know what, like... I don't feel loved when you don't put away the dishes. Like you're putting all of these conditions on other people. So that is actually one of the things that I have really had to learn in in my receiving life coaching. So like one of the things, and I, I mentioned this on my last podcast was like, you know, when my husband and I were going through a difficult time and I really wasn't feeling loved and I'm trying to express all of these needs because that's what, you know, counseling tells you. Tell, Ask for what you need. Ask for what you need. So you're constantly going to another person and being like, I need you to be this person. Like, hey, I need you to be calmer when you talk to me. I need this. And you're just constantly putting all of these limitations on another person and saying, hey, you can't express yourself this way or you you cannot not do this because it means this to me. So one of the things that like my life coaches had me do was, you know, they said date myself. So if you want something, you do it for yourself. So for instance, Thursday, you know, yesterday, I wanted flowers. I bought myself flowers. I feel quite loved. Guess who gave them the flowers? Me. I didn't expect my husband to give them. I showed love to myself. I feel really great, <laughs> you know? You know, and I don't have to say, "Oh, you know what? You never get me flowers and that means that you don't love me." Like I don't have to play into that societal game that we were raised to think and believe. So I don't want to make this a long podcast and I I so I'm just going to wrap it up with a couple of things here. So when I say I accept you as you are, that means that I'm not going to try to change you to fit into my mold. You don't have to be me. I don't have to be you. We don't have to have the same values. We don't have to agree on everything. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm happy that you think that way. I'm happy that you believe that. I'm, you know, that's wonderful for you. I can see how that works for you. This is what works for me. And we accept each other as we are. And that's, and, in the world that I am in now, like I've realized that there's just, I mean, I realized it for a long time, but now I just accept the fact that there are so few people who can operate on that level. I remember when I was going through my yoga training and I was talking to one of my fellow yoga students who happened to be getting trained to be a psychologist. And I was asking him like, you know, 
hey, you know what, you you think this, and I don't think this, but I still can be friends with you. Like, why can't we be friends just because we don't agree? You know, and he was just like, well, that's just how the world works. Like, they not very many people are like you. And I was like, oh, okay. And so like, now we're talking 10 years later, I'm like, oh, I get it. I'm not like other people. And that's okay. I'm just sharing with you, you know, there is a way of living where you don't have to put conditions on other people to feel a certain way. You can do the self-work internally, you know, and feel the way you want to feel. So um, I'm going to talk about my my husband and I's relationship because that's just a really good way of showing it. Um, he's a quick-tempered type of guy. And, um, you know, when we were stuck in the house together for an entire year, that's where it really started to bother me because in the before, I always knew this about him. I knew about him when we were kids. We're high school sweethearts. I've known him for too long of a time, you know, essentially to have said that I don't know him. I know him longer than ever. I've known him as long as I'm. I've almost known myself. Okay, that was really wordy there. But um, when we when we were stuck in this house together, I just felt like, oh my gosh, I can't be with somebody who is just going to get upset about so many things so quickly. I'm a person who is peace. I feel peace a lot. I practice peace a lot. And this is interfering with my ability to feel peace. And so I started to try to change him. And this is what I'm talking about. I thought I was a really unconditional, loving type of person. But when I looked at my relationship, I was saying, hey, um, I don't like this about you. I don't like the fact that you're getting really upset and it's interfering with my ability to be peaceful. And I put my self-work on him and I made it his issue. I'm like, you got to go calm down versus like, hey, Ashley, why are you getting upset that he is getting, you know, quick tempered? You know, like I didn't go to myself and say, what is the real issue here? What do you really want to say? How do you really want to feel? You know, and I didn't sit there and say to myself, well, I'm going to show myself unconditional love and I'm going to take a break from him and I'm going to get myself into a quiet environment and just kind of recoup or meditate or take a nap or, you know, paint my toenails or do something that like kind of rejuvenated me. Like I didn't sit there and go there. I didn't go to, hey, Ashley, here's some things that you can do to show yourself some love and or to show yourself some peace that which is showing yourself love. I just was like, hey, you need to go work on you. <laughs> like so anyway, and I I had to sit down with him and have a conversation with him and say, "Hey, I'm really sorry. I am apologizing to you because I realize that I wasn't allowing you to be who you are. You have every right to have a quick temper if that's who you choose to be. I'm going to honor that that's who you want to be." I just know that for me, I have to step away from that and I need to come into some place that is quiet and be peaceful. So he gets to be him. If he needs to have a moment where he's quick tempered and he needs to go take a walk or he needs to go lift weights, that's usually his go-to, go lift weights, that's fine. And I need to go to my go-to. So when I talk about unconditional love, I'm also not only talking about it with other people, but to yourself. And I think that's an area that most people struggle with, with me being in a lot of groups, 
I'm in a lot of groups with different counseling and I'm on like five different life coaching programs and transformational programs. So I see a lot of people and I see a lot of people getting counseled or coached. And it seems like people have a really hard time showing themselves unconditional love, you know, and accepting themselves for they, who they are. And, um, and, and it's almost like it's easier to make it somebody else's problem than to make it your own problem. So, Allowing others to be themselves means that you don't expect them to fit into your mold. And so that means like if you have a manual for yourself, if you have an intrinsic um, right and wrong book that you don't sit there and say, well, my book applies to you. All my rules that I have in my head and I've stored internally that I make myself abide by, you have to abide by too. So that's where you step away and you say, no, you have your own book. I have my own book. You know, like we're going to live according to what is right or wrong for us and not try to change another person. So there's also an amount of forgiveness when it comes to unconditional love, which to me is about letting go of the emotions that are stealing your joy and your peace. So like this morning, I was thinking about something that was stealing my joy. And, you know, I sat down and got quiet with myself. And I thought about what this person, who this person is and what happened, the circumstance. And then I just said, you know what, I'm choosing to forgive this person. But then I have to turn around and say, I also forgive myself. I forgive myself for getting upset with this person. I forgive myself for wanting this person to think like me and act like me. And, you know, like I just go through this practice with myself of saying, you know what, it's okay that I feel these feelings. It's okay that I was wrong in this situation. I don't make it mean anything bad about me. I don't make it mean that I'm not good enough or I'm not smart enough or I'm not worthy enough. I just say, you know what? Hey, I did this and it's okay that I did this and I'm here's what I want to do next time differently. And I love myself through it. And then I let go of those things that are stealing my joy because I say it's not a problem. It's amazing when you tell yourself it's not a problem and you believe that, how freeing that can be. So the other point I'd like to make is like boundaries. Boundaries are really big, right? Boundaries are for you. Boundaries are not for other people. And I think I'll do a podcast on this to kind of go into more detail on this, but we have to stop thinking that boundaries are expectations that we put on others because honestly, that's control. And from somebody who's been in a narcissistic program and done a lot of deep dive studying on this, there's no other way that I can look at it anymore. It is just control. And so when I'm trying to, like earlier, the story I told you, or I was trying to tell my husband, hey, you're not allowed to have a quick temper anymore because it bothers me. That was me exercising my control. It wasn't me exercising a boundary because a boundary is showing love to myself and saying, you know, in order to love myself, this is what I need in this moment. And so I am going to do the following actions to feel supported and loved. Notice how I didn't tell another person to do anything. It was, I am going to do this for me. 
I didn't say this person has to stop this, this person has to be this, none of that. So, and I've already mentioned another point, but acknowledging what you're feeling and you're thinking, and if it doesn't serve you, like move on, think about something else. It could be anything. It doesn't even have to be about the the subject matter. This morning when I was going on a walk and I was thinking about the situation, the circumstance that I was upset about, you know, I acknowledged like, hey, I'm just spending all this time having a self-argument in my head. Is this really how I want to spend my morning? It's beautiful outside. Like I can be acknowledging the beautiful sky right now. I could be feeling peaceful. I really don't want to have this internal discussion with myself and have these feelings. So I just put those feelings on hold, had my walk and enjoyed my walk and appreciated the fact that I have the cutest puppies that I absolutely love and adore and felt good about it, came home and then sat down with the emotions and worked through them and forgave myself. Okay, so a really, really big point in unconditional love, and this is where I I specifically am saying that I see people not being able to give unconditional love to themselves is around the subject of berating themselves, judging themselves, condemning themselves, criticizing yourself. You're like, do you see where I'm going with this? Like, we were taught to do this. So I'm not blaming you for doing this. We're taught to do this. We're taught to do this from school and from our parents and from society and from other people. I mean, it is so embedded into our culture that it's almost hard to escape from it, but it is possible and you can do it. So that goes back to you just stop, you acknowledge what you're doing, you let go of it, you forgive, you let go. So like, I forgive myself for judging myself. I forgive myself and I stop that behavior because it's not rewarding. It's not beneficial. Like one of the questions that, you know, I think to myself and that I would ask you guys is like, how many times do you have to berate, judge, criticize yourself for a mistake? How many times do you have to do it in order to receive the justice or whatever it is that you need to receive so that you can let go of it and move on? How many times? How many times do you allow yourself to think about it? Where and what emotions do you feel when you are doing that to yourself? Because what most often comes up is guilt and shame. And I don't know about you, but that's not where I want to spend my life. And that's not how I want to treat myself. And that is really far from unconditional love. You know, I'm coming from a place now, like I'm operating from a place now that the biggest wrong that I can do towards myself is to beat myself up emotionally, mentally, physically, whatever it is. That's the biggest wrong that I can commit in life because it's so opposite of unconditional love. And I've made a vow to myself to give myself unconditional love. And I mean to keep it. I have intentions and I'm committed to keeping that. So I'm not going to sit there and think about something and let it beat me up. As soon as I realize that's what I'm doing, I'm going to stop it. I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to give myself forgiveness. And I'm going to say that it's okay that nothing has gone wrong. And I'm going to allow myself to experience joy and happiness. There is no need to continue to punish myself. And that's what I would love to give to you. Like as a gift, you're allowed to stop punishing yourself. You're allowed to move on. You're allowed to be worthy and good enough in every moment of 
every day. So letting go of that self-judgment because without it, you're not able to really love yourself. And I, I would love for you to be able to give yourself unconditional love. That would be so wonderful. It would be, I mean, it would be such a gift. And imagine how many wonderful things that you can accomplish and do for yourself and for others when you're coming from a place where you love yourself unconditionally. Imagine what an amazing parent that you will be when you can say to yourself when you've made a mistake, oh, whoops, Like I did that. Here's what I can do next time. I'm going to love myself for this. Like, and not put on there any judgments, not put in there like you're stupid. Like how many times have you as an adult, you know, been sleep deprived and too busy and you put your car keys or something like in the wrong place or you start to put the milk in the microwave and then all of a sudden you like turn to yourself and you're like, you betray yourself. You're like, you shouldn't have done that. Like, come on, you're stupid. And like you just start talking to yourself and berating yourself. Why? Because you were taught to do that. And I'm asking if you are willing to let go of that teaching and to turn it into like, oh gosh, like, look what I just almost did. Thank you for the fact that I caught myself almost doing this. I need to go rest. I'm going to take care of myself. So, and that's what I want to close with is like giving yourself wellness and the support that you need. That is a really wonderful way to give yourself unconditional love. So it's really wonderful to let go of the things that are dragging you down. It's really great to let go of self-judgment. It's really great to forgive yourself. And it's really great to set boundaries for yourself. But I also want to talk to you how important it is to give yourself wellness and the support that you need. Like You are so worthy. You deserve a full night's rest. You deserve to eat quality food. You deserve to like sit down and kick up your feet and take a bright breather. Like you deserve that. You deserve time to acknowledge how you're feeling and and to allow yourself to do something that lifts yourself up. When I think about support or wellness now, I think about it so differently now that I've gone through so much training. Before, when I thought about wellness, I only thought about wellness in the category of getting enough sleep, getting my vitamins, eating the right food, you know, exercising. I thought of wellness only in those categories. But now I really see wellness from a much bigger perspective. I see wellness as as loving myself. I see wellness as like my bedroom should be a, a, a sanctuary. When I walk into it, it should be something that speaks to me and moves me and makes me feel like cherished and loved because that's where I spend a lot of my time. Well, maybe other people spend a lot of time in the kitchen or whatnot, but you know, whatever it is that you're, you're residing in, right? That's wellness. Um, you know, like seeking out pleasure or things that make you feel joy and happiness. That's part of my wellness now. Taking a moment to acknowledge, you know what, I've had a really stressful, hard day. 
I'm amazing. Look at what I just went through and maybe I could have done X, Y, and Z better, but I did the best that I could and I'm awesome. That's wellness to me. I could go into that a lot more, but I'm going to leave you with that and tell you that I'm sending you lots of love and joy. I'm actually considering doing a podcast on religion and um, kind of the way I view it now. So this will play into unconditional. So anyway, you guys have the best day and let you know that I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about the messages that I think will help you and serve you. And I'm just sending you lots of love. All right. I'm closing with you matter because you do. Thank you for listening to this episode. It is an honor to serve you. If you found any of this information helpful, I would love for you to share this podcast with your friends and loved ones, as well as subscribe to this podcast. I would also be grateful for a five-star review. You matter. Until next time.